Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Carissa Schweitzer of Bowerman Track Club. Carissa is a Tokyo Olympian, the American record holder in the 3000, the number two all-time 5,000-meter runner with a 1426 personal best, and, as of a few weeks ago, the national champion in the 10,000 who's headed back to Eugene this week to chase at least one more national title. We had an awesome conversation right after the Portland Track Festival last week, which is why during the episode you might hear us talk about the entries for USAs with a little less clarity than we have now. And we covered everything from her coming back from Hagland surgery last fall to the get to the 10K starting line, what it was like to grow up in a big running family, and how the culture of BTC has changed over the years. I also really enjoyed our conversation about the running culture in Portland, Oregon, and how that factors into the life of a professional runner. This episode was brought to you by the Summer of Hayward. There's plenty to cheer for and plenty of hype to share as we on the Sidious team gear up for USA's this week and Worlds next month, and you can follow along with us every step of the way. Learn more at SidiousMag.com slash Summer of Hayward. This month, I would also encourage you to consider picking up a Sidious Mag Pride t-shirt in our merch store to show your LGBTQ track and field pride. All proceeds from this campaign go towards PFLAG, a great organization that supports education, outreach, and support for families of queer youth. You can pick yours up at SidiousMag.com merch. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for everything you do to support Sidious. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, download, subscribe, rate and review, do all the things that you do. And until next time, this is Run Your Mouth. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, Long Run Talk for Long Talking Runners. I'm your host, David Mellian. I'm here this week with uh, my guest who's laughing at me already, uh, Carissa Schweitzer <laughs> of Bowerman Track Club. How's it going? Good. How are you? I know I'm just laughing. I'm always awkward during these introductions. Yeah, well, I was going to say, as soon as I put on my podcaster voice, I feel like uh, I it gets very corny and hard to keep a straight face. So I can't <laughs> yes. How's it going after after this weekend? Good. Yeah. Quick turnaround back in Park City already, but um, ready to get back to training and then pop back down for the 5K. So uh, I was watching the race this weekend and you guys like sent it in the first 400. <laughs> was that the plan or were you just getting out a little hot thinking, oh, we're a bunch of 10K runners dropping down to the, the 15? Yeah. So, I mean, Definitely as a 10K runner, that was a shock, <laughs> the first lap. But um, I was going for sub four, hopefully. And I definitely had like a bit of doubt, like right before going to the line, I'd kind of just like was to Jerry. I was like, oh, like, are we sure that this is like a good idea? And he's like, yep, just follow Elise. And so like in my head, I'm like, yep, just follow Elise. And <laughs> I didn't realize Elise was going to go out in like a 61. <laughs> I just tried to zone out and uh, definitely paid for it a bit in the last like 300. Um, but yeah, happy with how the race went. Definitely just sent it. Um, and I really want to do another 15. Yeah. Do you have a favorite race distance of all like the events that you run or? Definitely the 5K. That's always just been like a good distance for me, the 1500. Can kind of freak me out sometimes hence the like panic first lap um but 
the and then the 10k I'm still getting used to it it's just so long and hard for me to like zone out completely so definitely the 5k well, all right. So speaking of zoning out completely, one that actually like segues us into something I didn't want to talk about, which was uh, the the 10K race at USA's. Um, I guess before we sort of like really unpack it, um, just what what was it? Was that always the plan to sort of sit as long as possible uh, and then then kick it in in the last uh, last 200? Uh, so I feel like that was like kind of the plan the last like week before like leading into the 10k I feel like normally my race plans are typically like go from four or five laps out and just kind of like dwindle down the field and that's what I was kind of like training and kind of preparing for not really knowing like um what exactly like I was gonna have for a race plan but assuming that's what Jerry would tell me and then leading into the race it was just like yeah I just I just want you to sit until like so you don't even have to take it to like 150. And I was just like, kind of freaked me out a bit. Um, I don't really like that plan as much. Uh, I really do. Like I get antsy and I like taking it from earlier out, but for that type of race, I do think it was like the perfect plan for me. Cause the 10 K is definitely an event where like you have to stay as relaxed as possible and you just have to like really channel in that last gear. So I think I was just kind of like you know, trying to practice that and especially practice that for like a world level too. And when Alicia made that move, like it was definitely like an aggressive move. And I was like, I was actually really happy about it because I was like, this is what I want. If it was just like a huge pack till the end, I think I would have panicked a little earlier and probably would have gone. But with her making that move, it kind of just solidified like, okay, well, now it's a race for who can win. And I was like, I can relax and try to channel that. When the races get out really slow like that, is there like, I have to imagine that's not, you know, we all have that feeling of like, it's not comfortable to run like a pace that you haven't practiced a ton. It's so (laughs) slow. So you're just like, it should feel easy, but it just doesn't because people are like pushing you and like, you're waiting for it to go fast. So it's just kind of like the whole time you're just on edge. So like, I really don't like that. (laughs) Although going, so going forward to worlds, do you, like obviously there's the te- women's 10k right now is so crazy where there's like people knocking on the door of sub 29 or you know dropping crazy last laps if you had sort of a dream scenario like what are you hoping for from that race is like do you want it to be a slow one a fast one I guess you'd probably want it to be a medium one but I if you had to pick. yeah I'm like <laughs> hmm, I don't know if I want a 29 race in there but um First off, I would ideally want the weather to be um, like better. And I think I haven't yeah. been like, <laughs> like the first like nice tank I like did was actually just recently. But, like all the other ones I've done is just like extreme heat or extreme humidity. And those are not fun. So ideally have better conditions and then probably like go out kind of slow the first 5k and then the second 5k being like relatively fast so to back it up all the way obviously like the big narrative from going into the 10k was like oh Krista came back from surgery blah 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 like what walk us through I guess maybe the short version of like Tokyo to pre like what did that look like for you 
yeah, there was <laughs> definitely wasn't glamorous. Um, I think just leading like after Tokyo, I was really hoping that I could have a bit of a like European season, a time just like a few races to kind of get like a feel for that like world stage and like racing at that. I think it's really good practice to get that whenever you can, but I just like kind of limped out of the 10 K and I told my PT like, yeah, I think maybe I can like get it settled down enough to do a race. And she was just like, I don't think we should do anything. And so then I was like, kept running a bit, hoping it would kind of calm down, but it just like, yeah, I just got to the point where I was like, took a ton of time off still hurt. So I was just like, there's something like we need to address this so I can actually like have a season next year. It was just kind of like, I couldn't definitely, I just couldn't imagine going into the season in that much pain and like attempting to like put something together like I did last year. So that was when we started looking at surgery and that's um, definitely was the best decision because coming off of that has just been so much better than I could have predicted. You just never know, like going into surgery, like how your body's going to be able to handle that. And if you're going to be able to come back as fast as you want to. And luckily my surgeon did a great job. He actually did Sean McGordy's surgery as well. So I had a ton of hope going into it because he was already like starting running on the alter G, which it seemed crazy to me. So, um, I think it just helped. Like I went into it really confident in the surgery and the surgeon and the procedure that was being done. So, um, so that was, was exciting. Haglund surgery too? Yeah. So mine was Haglund's and I actually had a bursa that was like forming from like, just basically the, I think just like the friction and like, like just really aggravated. Mm -hmm. And, um, that I think was causing most of my pain. So, which was good because we got the bursa completely removed and the tendon was actually still in like a decent amount of like, I think it was only like tiny bit teared. So usually like when the tendon is still like relatively healthy, it's like a little easier to come back from because they don't have to do as much work on it. And it like shaving down the bone helps a ton. So like there's definitely was a little painful, like some runs, but as like each week went on, it was just like the pain went down a lot. I felt like my fitness was slowly coming back. So like that was really exciting in itself. I felt like I just kept building momentum, like in the comeback and I mean, there's definitely days where I was just like, there's no way I'm going to make it to this 10K line or like out of all years, why is the 10K moved up this year? <laughs> I'm like, I just felt like I was like the most unlucky person. You just and then, start reading couch to 5K plans and runners were all of your life. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, Jerry at one point was just like, I think, I mean, he was, yeah, he was a little brutal at points. He was just like, I don't know about the 10K. And he just like, every time like I would see something that was like, okay, like I'm on the right track. He'd be like, oh, two months to go. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> he just like kept reminding me of the timeline. I'm like, oh my gosh. What we'll is, so how long were you like literally not running for both like before and um, after the surgery? My, so I did some like little bit of altergy running, but my first run on the ground after surgery was like mid-December. So I had the surgery in like October, like end of October, but then was able to like do a few runs on the ground in December. So 
that was definitely exciting. And it was a little nerve wracking because we actually go to altitude camp in January usually. And so my hope right then was like, okay, let's hope we can like get on the ground running like by January so I can go up with the team, grab as much fitness as I can get from that camp. <laughs> that camp was very hard for me because I've never been so out of shape going into an altitude camp. And I felt like every easy run was like a threshold. So it was not a fun camp, but I survived and was able to take that fitness to another level when we got down to sea level and was able to like finally do some like good workouts in Portland. What did it feel like to have, you know, I, we've anyone who's ever been hurt kind of has that feeling where your teammates are all running well and, you know, between indoor and then like Elise and, and the guys crushing the sound running meet, like what was your mental state like during that time to have to kind of like bide your time and watch that happen? Oh my gosh. It was horrible because they were just like, I was up in Flagstaff with them when they were like, I mean, they were just crazy fit. They were ripping these workouts that I was like, well, I, that would be really hard for me to do if I was like hundred percent healthy. I was like, and they were like touching on paces that I haven't touched before. And I was like, oh gosh. And then meanwhile, I was doing like some two hundreds and dying. <laughs> so I was like, felt like I had just like so far to go. I was just like, oh, this is definitely hard to see, but also exciting to see. Cause I was like, the training's like going really well. Everyone's like really fit right now. I know if I just put my head down and grind, like I'll get there too. So I think is, um, a humbling experience. <laughs> So what was the moment, I guess, leading up to the race, if there was one where you were kind of turned the corner and you thought like, all right, I can like, I can win this or like, I can make the team. When did you kind of have that realization? Mm-hmm. Um, probably just when we, we went up to Park City in like, I think it was like late April, mid-April, somewhere around then. But that was really when things like started to really click for me. I think it was finally like, I was able to put in a decent amount of mileage and the mileage was finally paying off. I wasn't just like exhausted from it. So I think like workouts were starting to like, I was doing stuff that I couldn't do last year, like all of last year, even when I was like in like my best shape last year. So that was when I was like, okay, this is um, definitely like clicking better. This is, I felt so much more confident going into it than I did the year prior. And I just knew that like, there was just no way that the race could go poorly with how like good I felt in practice and how strong I was feeling going into it. And then and being pain-free, it just like allows you to like dig into like deeper levels. I feel like last year there was just times where I felt like I was just limited with like, even just like my mind, like it was just like, I knew it was like going to be hard to come off of race. I knew like there was that pain, like factor just sometimes, especially in the 10 K I didn't notice as much as like in the shorter races, but in the 10k I definitely like could feel it a bit in the beginning and it was just like mentally it just kind of can mess with you at times so then obviously like the 10 10k went well um was there uh any temptation to do the 15 at USA's or even the double or is it just like that wasn't even ever a conversation um very tempting I (laughs) um definitely when the speed just started to like come around a bit. And then, um, this last, the, obviously the last race that I just did, it was just like, okay, like edge this event, like event is really fun. Um, I haven't mentioned it to Jerry. He, 
but I was like toying with the idea of like maybe allowing Elise to do that earlier. And I was like, well, maybe he would allow me, but I think he's very set on the 5k for me, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually gets into something that I feel like every time I have a Bowerman runner on, like I'm always fascinated by the relationship with Jerry and now the, the relationship with Shalane as well. Like what is your, you know, I feel like everyone has kind of a different perspective on it. What is your relationship with Jerry like as kind of a, a coach athlete dynamic? Yeah. Um, it's funny. Like it, as you say that, like, I feel like everyone does have a little bit of a different relationship with him. Um, I feel like I probably get under his skin the most. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Woody to verify that, but go on. <laughs> I feel like I push my limits a bit, um, with him, but it's all, it's all in good fun. <laughs> you know, he, he understands and, um, well, he doesn't always understand, but, um, <laughs> definitely just like, I feel like I'm always just trying to like plant the seed for things. Like I'll be like, Oh, like, like, for example, if like, I want to run the 15, like I'll just keep mentioning until like, maybe it's in his head and like, it's his idea that he's like, okay, <laughs> she's going to race 15 now. But just yeah, it, him. that's the whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> Guess oh, like yeah. gatekeep girl boss just start to finish that so. oh yeah <laughs> yeah the relationship of jerry and shalane is pretty funny too just like both of them are just like i don't know they just come to practice they just have like a like every time it's just like a new attitude and like especially when it's like a really hard workout jerry's just in like the best mood and we're just like okay he's just like so excited to just put us through all this pain what kind of a cheerer is he like like, can you hear him during races? Is it like specific instructions? Um, I actually, there's not many races. I feel like that he usually like yells at during there's, um, the only one I really remember is, um, the 10 K at the trials. He like, I was, I think I was kind of getting zoned out and I was like in third and I was like pretty comfortable, like just riding out third and he, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was just like, I know you have a kick or like, you can like kick this in. And I was like, oh shoot, like <laughs> I got to go again. So I think just like, he doesn't say too much during races, but, um, and usually he's like pretty positive throughout the race, but I know he gets very stressed. So <laughs> hearing from the other coaches that will like stand next to him during races, he's just like pacing and <laughs> stuff. So now that like, I feel like over the past year or two, there's kind of been a switch flipped where, you know, you were kind of one of the, like the younger quote unquote people on the team. And now you're like one of the like upperclassmen. Do you, uh, do you feel like you're in much more of like a leadership role now, or the, the dynamic is still the same with like the other people on the team or how does that kind of affect your day to day? Yeah. It's like, I'm not the rookie anymore and not like <laughs> just kind of following along with what everyone does it's kind of like okay like gotta like you know set the tone for certain things and like for practices and stuff and we have a smaller group now so it's definitely like we're a lot closer than we've been just because it is so small so it's like kind of nice we just have like this pretty close group that is just knows like like definitely in workouts, we just kind of have to like get through them. And I think like, it's really nice once you have like a group that works out really well together, just cause you're able to just really zone out behind the person like that's leading. And then, you know, that like, you're not trying to race each other in practice. You're just trying to like get through the workout. Well, and it's funny. Cause like, you know, back in the day, like there was always kind of 
the rivalry that I want to say was friendly, but maybe at times is not so friendly between like the the Jerry group and then the Alberto group. And and now like this little Portland mafia you guys have, like you guys are really close to, you know, Craig and, and Pete's group, you know, on the whole. And then, you know, obviously a bunch of other kind of Portland runners um, that you all live with and hang out with. Like what is, explain the the Portland running scene to, to kind of the, the outsider. I really like it. There's definitely just like a lot of just like similar personalities, people that just like, they want to work hard, but they also like know how to have fun too. So um, we all like kind of live in like very like close area, like I'm um, walking distance to like Sinclair's house. And um, I know like Craig Ingalls is like living like with the guys right now. So he's like with like, I don't know, like Tate and Rogan and all them, which, you know, <laughs> and so this is like, kind of fun. Cause like they're, isn't so much that huge divide between the two teams anymore because there is just like so many like people that are like around the same age and like a lot of us will hang out um outside of like races and meets and stuff so yeah it's definitely like a good community and it's always fun like I feel like whenever you run around the waterfront you can always like find someone to go with you or I always have someone to double with me which is nice so (laughs) yeah definitely enjoy it so uh I obviously don't have to put anybody on direct blast unless you want to, but do you, do you have rivals in the sport? Like people where you kind of, you know, maybe not that you don't like them, maybe, maybe you don't like them, but like people that you really want to beat when you, you know, see them on the starting line. I don't know. I feel like it's weird. Cause I'm like, come off like so sweet and whatever. Well, I think I come off like that, but I do feel like once I get to the line, it's like, I don't want anyone to beat me. So, um, definitely just, um, yeah, I feel like just competitive with um, anyone that's on the line. I mean, even just like a teammate, once you're like on the line, it's like, okay, we know like, well, now it's time to race. And um, I do think like there's ways like even just like, even though it's an individual sport, you can make it more of a team sport. Like for Elise and I, like we've worked together in races before too, which I enjoy that, especially when it's like USA's or you're qualifying for the Olympics where it's like the top three spots. It's not like the winner goes home and takes all. It's like, you really just want to sneak in that top three. And so to answer that, I feel like I don't want to put anyone on blast, Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm definitely. Do you have to, I mean, I feel like the, the kind of blessing and the curse of BTC is that like a lot of your big rivals are in your group. And is that something you have to like consciously compartmentalize when like you know like if Elise out kicks you at USA's or something like is that something you kind of have to practice or or it's sort of more innate to just like you're happy for your teammate yeah it's definitely like a weird thing because like even I don't know I mean you see them in practice and you're just like well Elise has a lot of speed <laughs> or, like, you know you like you know, just like Courtney's fitness is really good. You know, you just like, you know, everything about them, like heading into races. So it's just kind of like weird, like when you toe the line with like them, but also it's like a good thing too, because like if Elise is up, like, like ahead of me in like a group, I'll be like, Oh, I need to be there too. So I think it like is more of like a confident thing and more of like a, like reassurance than it is a negative thing for me. Like I definitely on like a world level, it's really nice to have someone that you train day in and day out with because just like navigating the world stage is like very difficult. It's hard sometimes to know exactly like where you should be in the pack or 
And if you have just like one other person with you, it's easier to move up together throughout the race. The summer of Hayward is already underway. This week, we're gearing up for the USA Track and Field Championships. And of course, next month, less than one month away, we're gearing up for Worlds hosted in Eugene, Oregon for the first time ever. I know I'm super hyped for the women's 5K this weekend and all of the distance races, but there's so much to follow, storylines at every distance, every event, and you can follow along with Sidious as we do interviews, storytelling, videos, media, pretty much anything you could possibly want as we get the fans hyped for the summer of Hayward. You can learn more at SidiousMag.com slash Summer of Hayward or by visiting the Sidious Mag or Hayward Magic Instagrams, both of which have a lot of great stuff moving forward as we get excited for even more great meets at the historic Hayward Field. Thanks for following along. Thanks for loving track and field alongside with us. And thank you so much for your support of track and field and all of the storytelling that we do. So I've, I'm, I've struggled with how to frame this, um, but I think the way that I want to approach this is to ask, um, in your day-to-day, you know, obviously BTC has, you know, been kind of a lightning rod recently in terms of the news and people leaving the team and Shelby and all that stuff. What I'm most curious about, though, is like, how much does that enter your day-to-day? Like, are you reading you know coverage of the sport are you on twitter like are you aware of are you getting dms like what is what does that look like from your perspective when like something does happen in kind of like the greater greater sports world yeah and definitely like it's been like a hard year for sure and i feel like when everything like first blew up it was just like you kind of start to realize like how like mean people can be that are just like behind like you know, like a screen and like, you can't see them face to face. Um, but nowadays it feels like you just kind of let it get to you as much as you want it to like get to you. Like if I read let's run, or if I read like stuff that I knew was going to like make me upset, like it probably would. And I probably would be like really mad about it, but I try to just like stay away from all that because I just like, it's just not going to do any good. (laughs) And for our group, like we just want to kind of like move forward and it seems like all those like outlets are just kind of like stuck in that past and they're just like keeping like bringing that stuff up or bringing negativity up and it's just kind of like well let's just focus on what we can right now so when you talk about moving forward I guess like how does the group you know because there's been so much turnover and because you know the group looks very different than it does you know maybe three years ago like, how does it feel different for you as, as both like kind of like an ambassador of BTC, but then also just like internally, like what is the, has the culture changed or is it just, um, you know, kind of same different faces, same vibes? What's the kind of that experience been like? Yeah, I feel like we have like almost like a stronger culture now, just because like we've, I feel like we just been through a lot and like everyone that has stayed like feels that. And it's just like, we're just like stronger because of it which is nice and like I just feel like there like has been like a good sense of like just like the group being yeah just like I said like closer we just do a lot more stuff with the guys lately and like the girls like have been like doing dinners every night together here and there's just like 
obviously it's easier when you have smaller groups, but it does seem like overall, like it has been, um, the group has been like, <laughs> sorry, I just keep saying close, but it seems <laughs> like it has. Well, that, I mean, yeah, I think that's like, right. The ebb and flow of like, uh, I mean, it's actually, it's crazy to think that like, you know, 12 people or whatever is like large for a pro group, but it, but it is yeah. usually in like track and field. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that kind of, you know, you've seen that with a bunch of other teams, you know, that have kind of grown or shrunk over the years. In a way, kind of like college, I feel like every year was so different. Like it was just like, so there'd be different faces, like new people, people have left. And it's like, I don't know, it's every year is just like, almost like that, <laughs> which seems weird. Does it feel, I mean, uh, this is like on theme because it was just NCAAs. Like, how does it feel different to be like part of a pro team culture versus a college team culture? Aside from, you know, like everybody taking it a lot more seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it feels like an extension of college in a way, which I enjoy just because I think it would be really hard to like navigate the pro scene alone and just having other people that you can like, you know, run with, train with look to for advice and um for our case like live with for most of the year it's um definitely makes the sport a lot more enjoyable and easier to be able to do like as a pro rather than when you graduate college it's hard because you lose a lot of your resources and you like a lot of your teammates and your friends and so like that aspect it seems like the transition has just been like so much more smooth because of that and circling like all the way back to you know talking about your relationship with Jerry and like pushing him and and how that kind of dynamic works like whether it's with your coaches or with your teammates like what is the like what's the conflict resolution look like when things are like not going well like if you're frustrated or like if you're like annoyed with someone like how does that kind of how do you deal with that on a day-to-day -day? yeah which is in that sense it's nice that we have such a big team because you have like so many outlets to go to like even if like you're frustrated with jerry you have shalane you have pascal you have even like our pt who's up here like full-time calling and then like you have all of your teammates to vent to so it's just like you have a lot of people in your support group and that and at the end of the day like i feel like all like frustrations is always like stuff that it is like, they're always looking for the best for you. And sometimes you just like, can't see it in the moment and you notice it like later on, but, um, it's just like, yeah, stuff like that. It's nice that we have a big group. Say, Tell me you're from a big family without telling me that. <laughs> Cause I was thinking of like stuff to ask about. And one of the things is like, you are like from a big running family, like your whole family mm -hmm. is runners, right? Yeah. How, how did that, I guess, like, uh in terms of how they uh you know shaped your perspective on running um and then obviously you have come so far like where are they you know super involved in your are they like the parents that are like wanting to tell you every workout split or are they just like show up to the uh race and cheer <laughs> they're pretty involved um <laughs> i feel like not wanting to know like every workout split thing but um if they're around they like like they visited me in park city before or they visited me in portland like they want to come to the workout they want to be there they want to like like 
talk to Jerry. They are, they want like, uh, they just have, like, my dad is just. They're big nerds like, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He loves like the track scene. He loves Eugene. Like, it's just like really fun for them to come to meets and actually had like a big crew of them at the trials and they stayed at like a house that was like a block away from or two blocks away from the stadium and they were just like loving life <laughs> like just like watching everything like they don't just watch my races they're here for the whole thing <laughs> and sometimes I'll be like like even like before um I qualified for worlds like I told my dad I was like oh this is nice so you guys can like plan stuff ahead of time this time he's like oh, we got it all figured out. We're like, we have our tickets. We have this. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even make the team. He was like, well, we were going to go regardless. And I was like, <laughs> so that's super fans right there. What are, are the Schweitzer family turkey trots, like a bloodbath? What is, what does that look like? Surprisingly, we haven't, well, when I was younger, we've definitely like entered in like a few, like more of like local, like 5Ks, but um, we haven't done like a race anytime like recently, which we need to. We actually had, I think it was like a year or two ago, we were over at my aunt's house and she has like this lake that it's like a lake that you can like run around. And I think it's like maybe like six or like five miles around. But my sister was going around the lake after like I already ran, my brother ran, uh, my dad, and then my mom too. And so my sister was going along and someone's like, is there like a 5k going on right now? And she was like, no, just my family. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. So that, when, that was pretty fun. Now that you're all of age, is there any uh, hope of a Schweitzer family beer mile in the, <laughs> in the cards post-worlds? Um, no, but now that you mention it, maybe I need to like say something. I think they would enjoy that. <laughs> How do you think you could fare in, in one of those? Ooh. Um, well, I think the part of like the, the chugging would really hold me back. Um, that's my weakness think, as well. Yeah. I think that's where my brother might, he might, but he hasn't been running as much lately. So I might be able to like make it kind of close. <laughs> so I was also going to ask you're, you're in uh, the, we have this similar situation of uh, having a built-in training partner in your boyfriend. <laughs> How, uh, how often yes. do you and Kellen run and, and work out together? We, well, he's actually in Park City right now and we ran together this morning, but we, anytime I can get him to run with me, I'll try to, but it's usually like, um, he doesn't, he's not too happy because sometimes he'll one step a lot and uh. he knows that, but, um, <laughs> I really get mad about that. <laughs> I'm like, no, because I, I think I one step a little bit too. So when one, someone's one stepping me, it's just like, Argh. so you guys just running six minute pace the whole time is what you're saying. <laughs> I think initially, yes, we were running like way too fast, but I think lately I've been able to like, no, never mind. He's still like, tries to, yeah, it's <laughs> still too fast sometimes <laughs> until I get like mad. <laughs> I'm the opposite. Like, I feel like I slow Zach down on runs. Cause like he did, like he doesn't, he's not good at running his easy runs easy. And like, I, especially <laughs> if it's morning, I'm like, I'm not running seven minute pace at seven minutes in the morning. Like we were going easy. No, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so how did you guys meet? I don't know if I uh, know this story. Yeah, actually just like I said, like the Portland running community. <laughs> um, yeah. Just like 
honestly, right before COVID hit. So that was a nice blessing in disguise because I feel like that was like the last like couple, like I feel like the month before we met, it was just like the last month of like kind of a normal, like just like kind of like hanging out with people and like going to, everything was just like way more normal. And then it, everything like shut down and that's when we hung out a lot. (laughs) Like everything was shut down. He started like working more like from my place instead of his place. And so that you have to do the thing of like, uh uh-oh, this all of a sudden is way more serious than it is because yeah, yeah. It was like make or break for like couples. And um, it was definitely like jumped a little bit faster than I think I would have normally had a relationship, but um, it was definitely nice because I had a full-time running buddy during COVID. I made him do, I think we did 10 weeks of in a row of two hour long runs. And I like was just starting to like get to the two hour mark and he's never run two hours before. And so I made him do 10 of them in a row. And I was like, he still talks about it. Apparently I get really like hangry on those kind of runs. And uh. <laughs> he like realized that he was like, I got like kind of mean toward the end of runs and he would bring snacks and he would like make me eat them like at the halfway point because he was like <laughs> way more manageable to like <laughs> finish this run if you like eat this right now. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. spe- speaking of uh, of eating and, and post runs, uh, how did you celebrate the 10K? What was the first, uh, what was the big uh, indulgence after? Aside from beer, that like goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, we actually went to this um, bar that had, oh, I forget what the name was, but it's in Eugene. It's like pretty popular for their pancakes and um, paddock or I can't remember the name exactly. But and they had, serve it at and, night, like at like 10 yeah, p.m. At they, night. Okay. <laughs> so I had pancakes and chicken fingers and beer and it was like the best thing ever. <laughs> That actually sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, it was like a really random combo, but like I was looking at the menu and I was like, well, I have to try their pancakes. And then I was like, oh, but the chicken figures look really good too. So that's fair. Oh, and one thing I wanted to make sure to ask because I was trying to, I was thinking and trying to stock on social media and I don't have a set, an answer to this question yet. Have you gotten the ring tattoo yet? And if not, where are you going to did. You did, where <laughs> yes. is it? Um, so it's on like my ankle actually the like foot that I had surgery on so yeah is it covering up a scar (laughs) no it's not but I did get it and like I still had to get like treatment on that like area so my PT was just like oh maybe not the best spot but we'll be fine and so me and Elise actually went and got the same design and she got on her ribs and I got it on my ankle because right after the trials I was like we need to get matching tattoos (laughs) (laughs) yeah we were set on it we had a whole like couple months or like actually like I think it was like five months until we actually got the tattoo Um, did you get it in Portland I feel like that's like the probably there's like a Portland tattoo parlor where they're like we do Olympic rings every two weeks (laughs) yeah it was like crazy yeah we got it in Portland and the guy we got actually, he like has been to Tokyo a bunch and like he was watched us race, which was pretty crazy actually. Cause he was like, he said he was really into the Olympics this year. And 
he was like, yeah, like I, like he started just listing off like different things about the race. I'm like, wow, you, you really did watch us. Like, <laughs> so that was like pretty cool that it was kind of like full circle. Only in Oregon is your tattoo guy is also a track super fan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was like too funny. Well, I guess I'm glad that I didn't find that on social media because it means that you're also probably not on like wiki feet or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was no, thinking, I, I was like, what if I ask? And she's like, oh yeah, I got it on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, no. <laughs> <laughs> can't disclose. <laughs> can't disclose. <laughs> Is that your only tattoo or you have others as well? My only tattoo. So, so far. <laughs> so far, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I guess that's the real question is like, if you make, uh, what is it, Paris is next? Or is it Paris? Yeah. Do yeah, you get Paris. like another one or do you just get like an Eiffel Tower or something? Like, I don't know <laughs> what the move Yeah, is. so we like, when we designed the tattoo, we were just like, okay, if we want to like ever add to it, we were like asking him like, what would be the best way? And he showed us like some ways that we could potentially add to it. So we made sure that that was like a possibility if we wanted to do that. <laughs> because you never know I feel like maybe the next one goes around and you like you know you want to get another one so we can't have two ring tattoos so you just have to add to like whatever one or get a different like symbol or something maybe get the Eiffel Tower somewhere I mean that could work like, <laughs> like that would just be kind of funny um so that actually segues into pro- the, I think the last thing I wanted to ask before we do the end questions which is like having made the Olympics having made the world's team you know, you talked a little about sub four and wanting that as like a a 1500 goal. Like what are, what are the big, like big picture before I retire on track and field? What are the goals that kind of excite you most? Like what's on the bathroom mirror or like what, you know, when you think about at night, like this is the thing that I want. What is that for you? Um, yeah, definitely breaking four now is like (laughs) up there. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what everyone, you know, really wants in the sport is just like to be able to get a medal on a world stage and just like be able to represent your country on a world stage like that. So I think for me, that would be the biggest goal. Cause like at the end of the day, like records get broken, times get broken. Um, so I think just having like a medal or something like that is something that you're like, okay, like you'd never take this away from me. <laughs> like it deserve this. <laughs> so, but yeah, but also just, you know, making teams is always like exciting and to be able to put yourself in and like have a shot at it. And you don't even have to worry about like, you know, changing brands because you're Nike anyways. So the kits are going yeah, so to be perfect. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, How do you feel yeah, about the stripes? I feel like they're controversial this year. I didn't love the uniform when I first saw it. And then like when I saw it from like pictures and like when like people show things on TV too, like, I think it looks a lot better. Like, like it photographs well and like, it looks good on TV and I think it really stands out. So it's definitely grown on me a lot. Yeah. That, uh, I guess you guys always get the kind of different ones with the, with the Bowerman kits, but, uh, it definitely, Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I liked yeah, the, the lightning. That was like, everyone was like, that was controversial, but that was like my, my the heat take. lightning one. Yeah, the, the one that was like, uh, it was like actual lightning, not the, not the like emoji kind. Yeah, yeah, no, the heat lightning one has been my favorite one so far. And I was so happy that we got to, yeah, we got to wear that one for like two years. So that, <laughs> yeah, that one's definitely my favorite. And I 
like the preview of the next year's one looks really cool too. So I'm excited oh, about it. Run your mouth exclusive. The next year's one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wave for next year's. <laughs> All right. Well, we finish uh, our uh, episodes by asking our guests the same three questions. Um, the first one uh, is your Instagram crush. Um, it doesn't have to be a person and it doesn't have to be Instagram. But like, what are you what's something on the Internet that you're like, oh, I'm super into this right now? Oh, boy. I feel like I should have looked up these questions. before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like my Instagram crush is always probably Justin Bieber, which is <laughs> OK. Oh, oh gee. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously sad what's going on too right now. But yeah, he's like a crazy, like a like a shingles side effects or something. It's paralyzing his face. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. That does Baby Panther, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this might be a perfect segue uh into the second question, which is your go-to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic, you're gonna oh, sing. Gosh. What are you saying? <laughs> Oh no, I actually have thought about this like so much. I don't know why, but just because like karaoke songs, you like actually like, yeah, like you want to like know the words to it, but also you kind of want other people to know the words to it. So you're not just up yes. there <laughs> solo. <laughs> uh, probably something by Fergie. I feel like that would just be a good go to. <laughs> I uh, performed. Uh, Fergalicious at karaoke one time, and it was. Yeah, I feel like people love that. It's like a throwback. People, well, everyone knows it. Here's what's oh, crazy: no. it actually <laughs> went over really poorly, but I'll explain why. It's because, <laughs> like, so it was, uh, it was like the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, so it was like also a weird time, and it was at this gay bar in Boston, and you'd think like, oh, Fergie gay bar karaoke, like that, like would be a hit. <laughs> But the problem was, it was like, me, like me and my like straight guy friend, and like we're like we're gonna perform for Aglicious by Fergie. But like everyone else there was doing like, like very sincere Celine Dion covers. So like us going up and like being like drunk and like rapping the rap to Fergalicious was like not the vibe not at the all. Vibe. <laughs> so. Yeah, I feel like that's the other thing with karaoke is you have to like read the room before. Yeah. You're just like, okay. <laughs> Like, this is what people have been wanting lately. Like, maybe I shouldn't do my go-to right now. Yeah, we hadn't, uh, we we definitely did not read the room on that one. Um, and then <laughs> last but not least, your death row meal, you're going to the chair, you can eat anything you want. What do you want to eat? Oh. Pancakes well, and chicken are allowed, but like, you got to come up with another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to come up with, I feel like as long as like, I'm having like a huge dessert afterwards, but um probably just like you know like like melt in your mouth like kind of steak like the kind of that you can just like chop that like really easy to like you know yeah probably that's that, like butter. mashed potatoes like just like you know kind of elegant-ish meal <laughs> and then um I'm obsessed with cheesecake so probably like yeah probably cheesecake after that whole cheesecake just the whole thing just take it down whole thing I mean why not <laughs> Exactly. go all in <laughs> never finish awesome. eating maybe so like yeah know. then they can't kill you you're like i'm still they going can't so. kill me. <laughs> you really um, take my time awesome well thanks so much for coming on uh this is super fun um good luck at usa's uh and uh also at worlds as well i guess uh we can say that yes. to you more than Thank once you. <laughs> uh, until next time this has been run your mouth 
burglicious definition make them boys go loco they want my treasures so they get their pleasures from my boat so you can see me you can't squeeze me i ain't easy i ain't sleazy I